How you doing? This is Edgar Otraves with another episode of the Flow Road Podcast. Now, today on the show, I have my very special guest, El Lechuga. Just so you know, El Lechuga is a super knowledgeable fan of MMA and the UFC. What we're going to do is we're going to recap UFC 268 with Usman versus Covington. And we're also going to talk a little Nami Yunus versus Zhang. We're also going to recap Fight Night 197 with Holloway versus Rodriguez. And we're going to talk a little bit about Fight Night 198 with Tate versus Vieira. And, of course, whatever else comes into our heads. Now, if you're new to the show and you want to find out more, head on over to our website, theflowrollpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can buy yourself a t-shirt, some wall art, and more. Now, I love how much El Lechuga really knows about the fight game. He knows all the names, man. So, yeah, there's a lot of me catching up, but that's all right, man, because I love talking fights. Anyway... We get into it deep, we talk about fights, we talk about your year's foot, and more. So, here's the show. It's like, that's the funny thing about this. This is like my, my like the, the flow roll account, I'm starting from yeah. scratch. Yeah. And, and it's got like 80-something followers, and, and I have like 100-something posts. And I'm like, what the fuck do I have to do, right? And then you look at one of these girls, and they post like one video of them dancing. You know, yeah. and and it's just one post. They only have one post. They've only been around for ten days, and they already got like one million followers. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like it's not too late for you to squeeze into some yoga pants, <laughs> dance to some like uh, Cardi B, yeah. Doja Cat, or something. Yeah, really spike those numbers. You, you think you think that'll work for me? I think so. I mean, <laughs> it, it won't make it any worse. Yeah, no. <laughs> it would be funny if you lose followers because of this. <laughs> people are like, I don't like the turn this thing is taking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I'll play it safe and, and stay out of the yoga pants. I'm sure. I'm sure my followers are like, thank you. Don't don't yeah. don't, don't jump in the yoga pants. Well, you, but, can, you, you can start threatening, saying like, I'm not going to stop with the yoga pants yeah. until I reach a thousand followers. Hey, now there's an angle that might work. It might yeah. actually work. All right. So, here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Floral Podcast. I am Edgar Otraves, your host. And today, my special guest is El Lechuga. What's up, man? He is going to be our expert for today. And we're going to be talking about MMA and the latest uh, few things that have been happening. We're going to talk about... Uh, the last fight between Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. And we're going to talk real quickly about, what was it? Uh, UFC 268. 268. Which was uh, a great event. Just a, a banger of a night. But uh, mm -hmm. anyway, you know, good to have you on, brother, man. How you doing? Oh, man. Thanks for having me on. You know, a uh, long time admirer. First time caller here. <laughs> Uh, thanks, you know, thanks. I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited to talk about MMA, UFC. Outside of my brother and my dad, I don't really have many people in my day-to-day -day life I can talk to about this. So, yeah, I'm ready it's, to get to it. It's crazy that your dad, your dad, my uncle, is yeah. is into MMA because I, you know, I never, 
you know, I, I don't get to talk to, to you guys about MMA, but like, I remember the last few times that I've seen you guys, you guys talk about, and I'm like, these guys know their shit, you know, like, I was just like, how does this, you know, like, you know, names and stats and stuff like, I don't like, I don't, I don't remember like, like some of the things that you brought up. I was like, damn, this guy really knows the fight game. So I was like, yeah, that I've been wanting to have you on for a while. And so I'm glad that you uh, you have the time for me today. So um, so let's real quickly talk about UFC 268. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, first thing I wanted to bring up was uh, that guy they call Beast Boy. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? No, man. He's there's this. He was on the undercard. Okay. And he is a fucking nut, dude. He was amazing. Here, let me see if I can pull him up real quick. But like he, he's like he's a heavyweight, right? Fighting, yeah. you know, basically he's fighting at two sixty eight. Comes out, throws a spin kick, knocks the guy out, right? Uh-huh. And then does a somersault, lands on his ass, and just like yeah. is boogieing on his ass yeah. in yeah. the cage. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw the fight. Um, I think that's the first time I, I see that. Is that really his nickname, Beast Boy? They call him Beast Boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Um, it's always great to see a really big fat guy do a flip. <laughs> you know, that's always a quick way to make fans. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I, you know, me being a big, big fat guy, I was, you know, wondering maybe I should start doing flips now. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that guy, that guy, like, and he's always been like that. He has always been. I, 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 I. I and I'm not talking because I know the guy, you know, it's just like I I saw this fight and then I started poking around mm-hmm. looking for this guy. And he is oh, apparently he is a wild kicker. He is this kind of amazing, like fucking fighter. And uh, it's just wild to see, man. <laughs> I'm looking him up right now. I can't. Okay. I can't remember his his full name. I wish I would have. Yeah. I got to admit, I did not think that would be the first fight we talked about from UFC 268. Yeah, no, I I, I didn't mean to throw a, a, like a curveball on you, but it was just like, that is that is the wackiest fucking fight, man. But anyway, what'd you think of the night of the fights, man? Uh, man, it lived up to all the hype going in. Um, a couple of days before the fight, they uh the third fight on the card was supposed to be Chandler versus Gaethje. Yes. And then a couple of days before they changed it to it would be the first fight on the main card. Um and I mean Jesus Christ, it <laughs> it like really hit all the buttons that like the meathead part of you really wants from an MMA fight. Yes. You know, two guys throwing caution to the wind, trying their best to give each other head trauma. Uh, <laughs> brain damage, which, as I guess, as a fan, is what you're looking for. Um, but yeah, it, it was an absolutely insane fight. Um, people are looking at it as possibly like a title eliminator fight in which the winner of this fight would most likely get the next title shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, some debate as to whether or not that's actually deserved, but yeah, it was, it was an absurd fight. So it was a fight. It was an absurd fight, and I just couldn't. All I could think about is, is like, dude, you can you can block 
with other things other than your face. Uh, yeah, you, or maybe you can, some head movement. Yeah. Know? Or yeah, you, you don't have to block. Maybe just move. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Gaethje just took it to that guy. Uh, what yeah. a fucking amazing. That was, and that was the first fucking fight on the card, on the main mm-hmm. card. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, that heavyweight guy, his name is Barnett. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. UFC but heavyweight. In that case, I have, I think I've, I've seen one of his other fights on yeah so yeah and i guess he's he's a wild kicker but but anyway um going back to uh to the card um it was a banger of a night the whole night every fucking fight was amazing uh but still the fight i was looking forward to was nama yunus versus wiley uh zhang yeah and uh it was it was good but not as good as I thought it'd be, you know? Yeah, I felt like their first match was a bit better than this one. Yeah. And, I mean, but she got obviously, knocked. yeah, the first one ended in a knockout, which yeah. is always exciting, more exciting than a decision. Um, but this fight also had the misfortune of being on at the exact same time as the Canelo fight. Um, oh, which yeah. Even Dana White decided to watch instead of this fight at ringside. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, which really sucks. Yeah, I was really excited for this fight too. And I mean, I'm a big fan of both those fighters. Uh, Waylay, I think, uh, is who I was rooting for, to be honest. Um, I just feel she has a complete game, um, can do it all. It's just, it seems like she can't crack Rose. So, yeah, Rose is a very cunning fighter. She's, she's. She's got like she's really tricky. She's really smart, mm-hmm. and I think I think it just got into Whaley's head. Yeah, yeah, a bit. Um, I think Rose is pound for pound probably the best boxer in the UFC. Mm-hmm. That's how crisp her boxing technique is. Um, without question, I, in my opinion, the best female uh, boxer in the UFC, um, especially ever since she started training with Trevor Whitman. Um, and I just, uh, it sucks because you hit this log jam in that division where Whaley and Rose are by far the two best fighters, yet they have fought twice now and Rose has won both. Yeah. So I don't really know where, where do you do after that? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no place for Whaley to go now, right? She lost yeah. the first one really bad. And mm-hmm. I think it's actually kind of a misfortune because she went to, in the first meeting between Rose and, and Whaley, she went to block what was like a leg kick. Yes. And which she misread and then yeah. ended up getting a head kick instead. Mm-hmm. And it was like a a huge price to pay for a mistake. Yeah. And now that's the first fight, right? That's the yeah. first loss between them. Now there's no rubber match. There's that's it. You know, that's yeah. so like you're right. Like now Whaley is probably by far the most powerful fighter in that division because yeah. she is the hardest hitter. Mm-hmm. Where does she go? Like at the top of this, at, at the top of the food chain in that division, you have Rose, you have Whaley, and you probably have Joanna Jonjecic, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. And Joanna has lost to both. Yes. So, I mean, I guess the next fight will probably be Rose against Joanna. Joanna. Um, and I don't really know who you match Whaley up against. Uh, well, wait I a minute. Just, has how many times has Rose and you and Joanna fought? 
gosh, that's up in my head. I believe it could have been twice already too. Yeah. Because Rose, Joanna was the champion and Rose defeated her. Um, I believe they had a rematch that Rose won. But now I'm not 100% certain on that. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't remember what ended up happening between those two in terms of like who's the uh, who if they if they have fought a third time because I mean maybe that's the fight to make next. I'm assuming that'll be the fight to make. Um, I don't know how soon that fight will happen. Rose likes to take her time in between fights. Mm. Uh, I think she's averaging maybe once a year on her fights, sometimes even longer breaks. Uh, and Joanna and Whaley had that insane fight. Probably the best female fight I've ever seen. One of the best fights I've ever seen, period. Where uh, Joanna walked out with that like alien looking thing on her head. Yeah, she looked crazy, dude. Yeah. I think it did something to her too, man. Like all of a sudden she started putting all these pretty pictures on Instagram of yeah. herself. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, girl, come on. You don't have to do all that. Like, oh. you know, like, like, like you know she made you look like an alien it's it's gone now we know you're okay so like ah oh. but yeah that that was crazy and and that was like right before the pandemic yeah that fight happened right before the pandemic yeah and uh it it was it was actually one of the uh the last time i had a fight night i re- i recently had a fight night and again it was with with Whaley and uh, fighting mm-hmm. the card, but at this time against Rose. So like every time, every time Whaley fights, you know, you expect something amazing to happen. But no, nah, man, uh, it was it was a disappointing. It, I don't want to say it's a disappointing fight, but it wasn't what I expected. Yeah, it, it lacked the fireworks that I think going in you were hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, they're two. I mean, they're two pretty evenly matched fighters. So at times it seemed like they were both a little hesitant to take big risks because either one of them can put the other out as, you know, we saw in the first one. Um, But there wasn't enough there for you to want to see that fight again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Now, uh, in terms of the main event with uh, Michael Chandler or Michael Chandler, um, Usman versus uh, Covington. Covington, Mm mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about that fight? This is another fight like the one we just talked about that I felt was kind of anticlimactic. You think uh, so? I think so, yeah. I think the the very first fight they had was just, you know, it lived up to all the potential. These You had two guys that clearly did not like each other nonstop talking shit leading up to that fight. You had Usman break Covington's jaw. And somehow that did not end the fight. Covington fought two more rounds with a broken jaw. Yeah. Went into the fifth round, tied 2-2. Kind of stuff like that you would see in a movie almost. Yeah. <laughs> that fifth and final round. Um, and then he finally scored that final knockout on that, or the TKO. Um, so leading up into this fight, there was even more bad blood than the first one. And this one kind of lacked that finality that you got in the first fight. Um, it went to a decision. Usman did score uh, those two um, knockdowns earlier in the fight. But towards the end, it seemed like it was either Kobe was figuring out what Usman's game plan was, or Usman kind of just knew he had the decision in the back of his pocket at that mm-hmm. point. 
Yeah. Because he had already scored those earlier rounds. He could he had the 10-8 round from the two knockdowns. Um, he didn't have to take any risks. So it, it was kind of hard to gauge which of those two it was. It could have just been a mix of both, actually. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe he wasn't as angry as he was the first time, and he didn't care. to. He just wanted to win. He didn't care to, like, punish him. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he won. I mean, it was a, I thought it was a good fight. Um, it, yeah, it, didn't, it wasn't it, a bad fight. I it wasn't a bad that. fight. Yeah, it wasn't a bad right. fight. Um, and not, you weren't saying that, but. It was, it was, it, there was, I, I think if it lacked, uh, I don't know, emotionality, you know, like, yeah, it just, yeah. but overall it was great. I mean, there was some good moments. I mean, he, I mean, like you said, like Usman did knock him down a couple of times and it was, it was exciting, yeah. but it was not like the first one. And I think is, I think, I think one of the things that happened too in the first one is, is that there was, he was. You know, Co- Covington was was clearly playing the the heel, you know, yes. and uh, I also paid attention to it more mm-hmm. the first time around. This time around, uh, I thought it was just me personally because I got so yeah. much going on that yeah. maybe I didn't pay attention to all the hype as much, and I didn't feel invested as I was in the first one because mm-hmm. I wanted Usman to freaking kick this guy's ass, and I <laughs> I still wanted that. But not nearly as much, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, still a great card overall. Yeah. Um, you reached that same thing we just talked about with the women's division, in which where do these guys go next? Because it's all, Usman has pretty much cleared out the entire division at this point. And Covington seems to be the only guy that's giving him a challenge. Uh-huh. Yet – do you really want to have a third fight when Usman is two and zero? Nah, not really. Nah, I, I especially don't want to see. I I personally don't want to see Covington anymore. I know it's all an act and all that good stuff, but I don't. I, I don't like that guy. I mean, he that's what he wants, right? He wants you not to yeah, like yeah, him. Exactly. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't care to see that guy anymore. <laughs> it's kind of nuts how brazen he is with how, with this being an act. Like at the at the end of that fight, he goes up to Usman, he gives him the hug, he tells him, uh, all love, this is just for show, just trying to make you money. Yeah. But then after the fight, in the post conference, he went right back to talking shit about Usman, saying it was uh, you know, the decision was wrong, he had won it, he's a piece of shit, and also, you know, all the classic trash talk. <sighs> but it's like, dude, you were on mic on camera. Yeah. saying that it's just an act and you love the guy. So, I mean, you, they were separated by the ref because they were showing too much love to one another, apparently. So I don't <laughs> too know much respect, you, guys. Too much yeah, respect. Is, come on, guys. I think the ref even said, you guys can kiss each other later. And oh, up. yeah. That's right. That's what he said. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, in 2021, the ref should be a little more open-minded. Truthfully. <laughs> a little more progressive. Yes, I agree. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know how a half hour later he expects us to believe that, no, it, that he hates him and that this is the real thing. But. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it, there's almost a, a like a like a professional wrestling kind of vibe to all of it mm-hmm. now. But uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, um, you want to talk about uh, Holloway versus Rodriguez? Oh, yeah, man. Love to. So, so um, let's let's start with the first fight. Um, 
did you want to talk the whole card or did you want to just no, jump no, around? No, I figured we just do Holloway and Yair. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so after that Chandler Gaethje fight, uh-huh. it kind of felt like, Jesus, how is any fight going to live up to that the rest of this year? Yeah. Uh, and I actually think this, yeah, your Holloway fight was even better than that one. As hard as is as it is to believe that. Yair Rodriguez is such a badass dude. Right. So <laughs> he is just so clever and dude. so like he's got these amazing kicks and that yeah. that crafty elbow that he he pops up because he'll dodge a punch and then when he comes back up to like from the bobbing and weaving, he comes back up and he comes up with the elbow. So with so much power too. Yeah, and I just I can't believe how Max Holloway kept eating those like hamburgers and just kept going yeah. forward. You know, like how do you do that? You know, after a year knocked out Korean Zombie with that elbow with a second left, like everyone knows that's in your year's game plan. People are expecting it, and he still lands it. Yeah, more than once. I think he landed it two or three times in this fight. Yes, he did quite a bit actually. Yes, you're right. And yeah. it's kind of and it's and it's because the reason the reason people are getting caught with it even when they know that it's it's coming is, is that he's bobbing and weaving. He, you're you're throwing punches. He's making you miss and then when you think that he's coming back up, he's popping up with that elbow and that's how he's doing that. Um super crafty. Also like He's doing it in an eye line area. Well, he's doing it in an area where you don't see it coming simply because he's so close. Because he pops, you you throw a jab or you throw a right or whatever, and he, he'll bob and weave into you, get his head into your chest. And then when he's in that close, he, he comes up and he pops that elbow straight up, you know, going upwards right into your face. And you don't see it coming because it's almost like an uppercut, right? But he's yeah. also like leaning into you. Traditionally, uh, when you're boxing and someone leans into you like that, you you don't see that coming. It's so crafty, man. So so crafty. So it, it's it's amazing. But also like Holloway and those flying knees, man. Like he'll pop those out whenever the fuck you know, like. Like you don't see him coming, dude. Like that's another one. It's just like he's walking towards you and flying knee. Like what the fuck, you know? Like he popped, he got Yair in the chest a couple of times with those, and I, I thought, damn, because <laughs> to have the springing power, you know. I mean, these guys are featherweights, right? So I mean, one forty-five. So yeah, they're light and they have that speed, but to be able to just pop one out, you know, just. Boom, you know, out of nowhere and, and hit the guy. It, it was just, it was crazy. But the, the funny thing is, is I felt like Yair won the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. You know? I did too. That's how I had it on my car. Yeah. And then three was kind of like a toss up. And then four, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, sure. You give it to, you know, Max. Max really put in work. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him. Five, I thought it was kind of like a toss up, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I, in my head, I didn't see it as one sided. Like, I'm not saying that Yair won, but I'm not saying that Max really won, you know. Like, I, I it's it's a close fight, at least from where I was sitting. But to hear the commentators talk, they made it sound like Max was the clear winner, and I'm like, fuck off, I don't think so. Like that's not that clear, man. Like 
Like, yeah, you're won those first two rounds, you know? Well, I I had Max as a clear winner. As a so clear I, winner. I had it as a very, very close fight, but I yeah. gave the edge to Max. And mm-hmm. I was pretty confident before they read the decision that it was going to be Max. Yeah. Um, I think the amount of control time Max had when he did take him to the ground uh-huh. uh, was really dominant. Yes. It wasn't until Absolutely. the fifth round when uh, year finally flipped. He did a reversal. Um, that was in the fifth like, round, yeah, the end. Yeah. You're the jujitsu expert. What's the name of that move? Which one? Well, it's something. Um, so Max had Yair with uh-huh. his back pinned on the ground. But Yair trapped Max's knee in between his legs. Uh-huh. So Max didn't have a strong base to keep him down. And then he that swept allowed, him? Yeah, so that allowed Yair to sweep him and he took over. Yeah. The ground so, control. Yeah, so... Um... I don't remember what he did exactly in terms to in terms of uh, to get to get back on top, but I do remember there was the exchange and there was there was one point where Max tried to, you know, uh, uh, like from standing grab a guillotine right, mm-hmm. and that forced him to the ground. I can't remember if that was the fourth round or the fifth round. So there was a lot of interesting uh, stuff going on with the grappling, but that's. That's where I felt like Yair was the weakest because Yair, like Max was able to mount him and, and maintain him and just punish him for like almost the entirety of the fourth round, you know, and half of the fifth round. And and at one point, uh, somehow, uh, Yair got on top. I can't, again, I, I don't remember those, those details, but he got on top and, and, I, that's where I was like, well, Yair got on top, you know, like yeah. he had some control in the fifth round. So I, I just, um, I don't, I didn't see that, that's that fight as, as one sided as, as it seems like, as people seem to see it. But, um, but yeah, like, like he gave his back. It just didn't look good for Yair though. Cause I mean, he was he was mounted, then he gave his back, and then Max just kept pouring it on, you know. Yeah, there was there were some exchanges on the ground where yeah, year kind of just balled up in the fetal position. It was yeah, just kind of yeah. laying there, like it's just a really bad look there. Yeah, yeah. He was controlling the hand and stuff, but yeah, there was mm-hmm. a moment there where it was just like that's not good, man. Don't don't do that. Don't, it doesn't yeah. look good, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, but the, the there's it i think uh yair's jiu-jitsu is really lacking i think yeah. i i don't know if it was i i don't know how uh, how true that is because i mean you're fighting with gloves it's difficult to get the grips that you want to grab you know with you know when it comes to like you know guillotine chokes and stuff like that you know so it, it's really hard to to fight with with those gloves mm-hmm. but um i, I just I just thought technically he could have done a better job defending on the ground. Uh, not that he didn't. It's just uh, he could have done, I think, a little more. Um, yeah, he's got conti- – he he still has a lot of room for improvement there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw when he fought uh, Frankie Edgar. Hmm. That was, God, like two and a half years ago now. I, um, I, I, I remember seeing him when he first came on the, onto the scene. And I remember being very impressed by Yair because he was in the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Uh, 
and I saw him a few times fight. I don't remember if I fought, uh, seen him fight Frankie Edgar, but he he is an impressive fighter. I love his stand up game; is amazing. Well, I mean, his stand up game is like out of a freaking video game. Like, if you wanted to create yourself into a fighter, you'd want to be doing the things that guy is doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when he fought Edgar, that was. You know those moments when Holloway was just completely dominating him on the ground? The Edgar fight was that literally from the moment the fight started and it never stopped. And he, the fight got stopped. Uh, Edgar left him with like this gigantic welt on his head because he was just raining elbows on his head. Uh, uh, it was bad. It, it looked like uh, if Yair had not only not trained jujitsu, but had never even like looked through the door of a gym <laughs> to see what was going on in there. Yeah. yeah it was embarrassing. So, uh, I mean, this fight, as bad as he looked on the floor with Holloway still showed he has improved a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, he just still has a way to go um, because it sucks. Cause he has so much star potential, you know, he's Mexican. He's got the looks, he's got good size. He's, he looks like he has the build to move up another weight class if he wants to yeah. and then the kicks he throws and his striking has improved so much uh when it comes to like his jabs um so you have this that jab working with the elbows he throws and the knees and the kicks so if he can kind of just get at least a good takedown defense then this guy could be a star you, you're talking about someone as exciting as like a mcgregor you know yeah um, but yeah it's still i mean it was still impressive the guy took two years off came in and fought what could very well be the greatest featherweight of all time. Max has literally every single record possible for a featherweight and he held his own. And he, I mean, there was a couple of times there that Max looked like he was a little dazed with some of those strikes. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I think, um, he, him being a younger guy, you know, Yair Rodriguez has got a lot of time to grow. He could, he could potentially be a champ one day yeah yeah he's you know he needs to get into a bigger better gym probably he used to train out of here in chicago oh really um, yeah yeah for a long time do you know what gym i don't remember the name man it was some small i mean there isn't any really big name mma gyms in chicago yeah um yeah and i forgot the name of the new gym he's at but you know we'll from see what, we'll see what's next for him yeah from what i see in the card he's he said he was you know he's he's training in mexico so unless that i miss i misunderstood that but that's where he's from um i mean unless during the pandemic he moved back to mexico um i know he bounced around like he was doing stuff at different gyms and training with different guys yeah um but i don't remember where he's at right now but to the best of my knowledge he's not training out of chicago anymore yeah i think i think that's one of the things that kind of the Mexican fighters are lacking. Cause I mean, you have, you have Irene uh, Aldana, you have, uh, mm-hmm. you have Yair Rodriguez, and then you have that other girl, what's her name? Um, her name escapes me right now, but there's like, they all, some of these people, like the, I know Irene, I think fights out of uh, Lobo gym and they, they seem to be lacking the jujitsu a little bit. But are phenomenal strikers. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's boxing is so ingrained into Mexican culture. Yeah. Um, right now you have Brandon Moreno. He's a Mexican champion. He does the commentating for the UFC Spanish broadcast. Like 
this guy should be a star. He should yeah. be a huge star in Mexico. And no one knows who he is. You know? <laughs> it could be because he's so small. People don't yeah. pay attention to the, to the smaller weight divisions, but. That's not necessarily true. I think it's just uh, the UFC and the brand and the MMA being what it is. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. boxing has such a stronghold on the Mexican public. You know what I'm saying? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, because, I mean, look at. I mean, Julio Cesar Chavez, look at Canelo. Yeah. Those those are not heavyweight fighters. Marquez. Yeah. Marquez. Oh, Marquez. Yeah. Like, yeah. these guys are not giant fighters. They're no. smaller guys, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think Canelo is still kind of biggish, but he's not he's not 200 pounds, you know? No. At least I don't think he is. You know, maybe he's walk around. Maybe he walks around at 200. Who knows? But, like, <laughs> but I mean, because you know how some of these guys, they balloon up, they balloon up but... But yeah. I, I mean, these guys, these guys are not big guys, you know. No. So, it's and and they're well known. They're heroes. Chavez was a hero for a long time. I'm talking about yeah. Chavez Senior. That's putting not it lightly for Chavez. Yeah. So yeah, because I mean, I remember when you know he would be like, "Oh, I just beat another guy. I'm gonna be in Culiacan, Mexico on this day. Yeah. Let's, let's have a party," you know. Yeah, and selling he, out like huge ass stadiums in Mexico, kind of stuff. Yeah. Being rep by Don King. He was like the closest thing to Michael Jordan that there was in Mexico. Yeah. Oh man, he was amazing. Yeah. And man. so so like I don't know what needs to happen for some of our Mexican fighters to, to become famous like that. Um mm -hmm. I, I think it's just the MMA brand. I think I think MMA in general needs to be better understood, you know. Striking is easy to understand yeah. to to uh uh the lay person right yeah the common person that doesn't understand the intricacies of of fighting so you the can, filthy casuals yeah the filthy casuals i wasn't <laughs> gonna say that but sure you know yeah. but i mean like because i mean the one guy with all the bruises on his face is losing yeah yeah exactly the other guy is winning you know like the guy on the ground he's he's done the guy's standing he wins right yeah. but that's those are visuals that are easily understood in mm -hmm. mma the 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 language is not completely, you know, there for everyone to to grasp. The visuals are not as easy to to understand. So, I mean, people people are still beginning to people still need a little bit more of an education on what it means to be on top, on bottom, you know, side control, mount, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like all these all these things. Uh, it there's and it's not for the lack of trying. Like the UFC. Is trying very hard to educate the the public on on these things, but I mean, still, you know, people have to seek it out, right? You can put, yeah. you can you can lead a horse to water, you can't make them drink. You can put all the websites you want up on 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 you know on the internet for people to come and check out, but you can't make them look, you know. So I think everyone has either you know received a punch to the face or has seen someone get punched in the face, you know? So everyone understands the, you know, the danger of getting hit in the face. Yeah. But not many people know how physically taxing and exhausting it is to have someone on top of you with either like, you know, elite wrestling or jujitsu and how you can beat the shit out of someone doing that without really ever punching them in the face. Yeah. So oftentimes in the fights where you have someone you know, using a game plan heavy in wrestling or jujitsu, people don't consider them to be an exciting fighter. Like they get bored. Yeah. Um, they want the ref to stand them back up, you know? Um, yeah. That, that shit drives me nuts. 
I think the first guy that kind of broke that mold is probably Khabib, who went in there, took you down, and but he also tried to smash. You know, that's what he did. Oh, I love Khabib, man. And he's, his, my, he's my favorite fighter, man. Uh, I don't know how much I. I don't know if he's my favorite. I have a lot of favorites. They're all my oh, favorites. That's true. They're yeah. all my favorites, like my children. <laughs> you're all my favorites, but um, uh, Khabib, uh, he's he's just got such a such a lovely smash. I just love seeing him smash people. He'll grab you, take you down, wrap those legs, then just pressure all the way up to till he gets you trapped up against the cage, and then he just sits there and just rabbit punches you in the face. Dude, you know, because he it feels like you're watching a force of nature. Yeah, I mean, you saw that play out with Chandler and Gaethje when you, Chandler is an elite wrestler. I mean, that was the guy's what he did going through college. That's what got him into MMA. That guy is a great, great wrestler, and he had a lot of difficulty taking Gaethje down. And then when you rewatch that Gaethje Khabib fight, Khabib took him down like nothing yeah. and kept him down. Gaethje going into that fight had stupendous uh, takedown defense, yet could be made to look easy. And that's the other thing too. Like, like you know, Khabib is going to take you down. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. there's nothing you can do to stop it. There is no. nothing you can do to fucking stop it. It's amazing. I love it. I love it because I mean, and and that's the best part about it. Like there was like I think one fight where he wanted to like box a little bit. Yeah. You know, and I was like, don't, don't, don't do that, man. That's, that's when people get their ass kicked, right? Yeah. Do what got you to the ball, man. Like get fucking go there and, and, and shoot and then punch the shit out of them while you're on the ground, you know? And I think it might've been a Connor fight. I can't remember, but. He did it, yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, Khabib's got an ego. Uh, and so he exchanged with Connor. <laughs> yeah. Khabib's the only one that scored a knockdown in that fight. Uh, he's the one that landed that winging crazy hook that got Connor down on the ground. Uh, and then he also did it against uh, Gaethje. Yeah. Um, but then later on, Khabib admitted like Gaethje's strikes, his leg strikes were the hardest he's ever been hit. Mm. So he took a couple of those and he said, uh, the hell with this. And he just took them down. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the best thing. That's the best way to go. I mean, why, why take all that damage? I, I mean, I had I had the same experience watching those fights like you, where I'm watching him do this. I'm like, just take him down. What are you doing? <laughs> why Why are you taking these strikes, man? Just take him down. Yeah, yeah. Your jab looks horrible, man. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. You, you, you're not impressing anybody. Just fucking throw the just just shoot. You know. I mean, he throws his strikes with his head down like this. You know, it's just, you're just waiting for someone to land an uppercut on him, but somehow. Uh. It never happened. Yeah, that's the other thing too. I remember seeing him throw those jabs, and I was like, "Oh, dude, don't, don't! You look so slow. It's amazing that you're even touching people with those." I remember thinking, "I'm like, no, they don't look nice. Don't throw them. They look ugly. Don't. I mean, they don't look horrible, but they don't look nice. Don't, don't stop it. Just shoot. Just shoot." That's how crazy his wrestling is. That it makes everyone so hesitant to do anything, to strike back in any way, because you're scared that he'll grab a hold of you. You yeah. know, you put that leg out, you put that arm out, he's going to take you down. So even though this guy's coming at you throwing these really terrible looking punches, <laughs> you don't capitalize on it. Yeah, because you're afraid of the shot. That's right. Yeah. That, that is absolutely right. Because then you're like, what? what's going on? I'm waiting for the shot. He's throwing <laughs> this. I don't know what to do with this shit. Like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, I trained, I trained wrestling defense. You know, what, what is this? <laughs> you know, but uh, so I don't know, man, that going back to Yair, what a, what an amazing fight. And Max, Max was great. I mean, the, the fight was amazing. Well, that leaves, you know, it leaves the question of what's next for Max. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, he holds quite literally every single record in that division. Uh, from wins to strikes landed to win <laughs> longest win streaks. Uh, I, just literally look up featherweight records, and it's his name next to every single one you can think of. And we already saw him fight Volkanovski twice. And Volkanovski, you know, both <sighs> went to decision. Yes. Both were close. But, again, how much of uh urge do you have to see that fight a third time? Because it doesn't seem like Holloway wants it. He's more interested in fighting Conor McGregor or, I mean. Yeah, he wants the money fight. Yeah, he wants that McGregor fight. Yeah, he wants that McGregor money. But come on, the dude, I don't know if that dude's going to fight it, you know, anymore. Like, he probably shouldn't, let's be honest. He's still young, don't get me wrong. But that mm-hmm. that injury that he received where he broke his shin, yeah, that's a pretty bad fucking injury, man. He's trying to spin it like his leg will be stronger than ever before. And now he's got a steel plate in that leg. But you'll hear other fighters that have had that same injury. And they're like, you're never the same. Like, yeah. it hurts like hell just to throw kicks with that leg moving forward. It's not what you think it's going to be. Yeah. Well, like, I've had surgery. Like, I have an Achilles tendon tear in one of my legs. Mm-hmm. And it, it's been years since I've had the surgery. It still hurts to kick. I can kick. Yeah. I can kick, but I don't seem to have the same kind of strength in the foot to keep it straight. My foot flops around and it hurts. Oh, yeah. Your leg from any operation is never going to be the same. At least for me, first of all, I don't fight anymore. Like we had this discussion before we started, but like I don't, I don't fight anymore. And if I do, it's 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 not fighting. It's it's fucking around. You know, it's it's yeah. you know, I'm, I'm flicking the foot around and I'm tapping stuff. I'm not I'm not throwing anything with any kind of power. I'm not trying to end fights. Yeah. I'm I'm playing with my children. Those are those are my sparring partners. The yeah. the the 8-year-old boy and the 10-year-old girl, those are my sparring partners these days. <laughs> so like I am not I'm not trying to like murder anybody with my legs anymore. Um so but when I do kick the bag or something like that, it's not the same. Like even the mm-hmm. surgery itself because it was in a cast had softened the the skin around the leg and it's still not the same like the other leg like the density of my skin seems to be a little thinner than the than my right leg and it might be part of because you know your leg was in a cast you let it you know atrophy atrophy so the skin the bone the muscle everything atrophies but you're still kicking with the other leg. So now you have, even in your head, you have this imbalance. You're thinking, well, my right leg is stronger, you know, because nothing ever happened to my right, my right leg. My left leg is jacked. Let's say Connor is, is 100% fine on that leg, which I doubt because I'm telling you right now, just the surgery alone has weakened the leg. Yep. Never mind the insertion of the rod, the bone, all that stuff. But let's say he's 100% there with his foot he's not going to be 100 percent there with his mind no yeah you're always going to be afraid yeah of something happening if not to that leg to the other leg i you know it's so hard to push that out of your subconscious because you know how much that sucked 
how much it hurt when it happened, how much the rehab sucked. And you don't want to have to go through that again. So it's going to be so hard to throw those kicks at the same power you used to without that thought being in the back of your head. Yeah. Like what if it happens again? And, and, and here's the thing about Connor, like you don't have to do that anymore, man. Yeah, exactly. You've made your millions. What are you fighting for? You've made your millions. You've got an amazing brand. People don't like your whiskey. Who gives a fuck? Somebody does. They're buying it, right? People just like, just go on, live your life. Be in movies. That's what he should do. You know, he's made an amazing name in life for himself. Mm -hmm. He's not, there's no, he's not a lesser anything, a man, a star, anything for not continuing on and fighting. Like he yeah. should really honestly just retire because at this point, his mind may not be there 100%. And, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, dude, just retire. Just retire. You got all your money. Take your money. Go live happily ever after. You know? I think, I think he's reached this point where he's, he got all the success he ever wanted. Um, but maybe it's really the attention he gets from fighting that he needs because none of these other business ventures are going to get him the attention of fighting in front of Madison square garden or yeah. selling out a paper. He's going to get him. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's what he keeps coming back for. That is, that is a huge drug, man. I mean, yeah. it, it happened, it happened to Chavez. It happens to every fighter. Yeah, man. You know, they just keep fighting even after they shouldn't, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, that's a great point. That's absolutely probably what it is. Because, I mean, punching DJs and old men in bars is just not going to – it's not going <laughs> to get him the attention he wants. Dude, he couldn't even knock out that old man. That old man took it on the chin. Like After- nothing. Went right back to his drink. <laughs> <laughs> what a tough old guy, man. Yeah, and he made – you know, he made a good buck off of it too. Did he? Yeah, he sued him. Oh, get out of here. That's in Ireland. They don't sue there. Oh, no, man, he got sued. It's, uh, you know, he's McGregor's kind of reached that Tyson zone, in which, you know, back in the 90s, it seemed like people were purposely trying to instigate Tyson just to sue him. Yeah. So, I, not that the old man was trying to do that, but. No, because, I mean, I've seen I've seen the footage. It's all over the interwebs. You know, yeah. the fucking dude's just sitting there minding his own business. Connor's like, here, old chap, I got to, you know, take, take, take a little bit of my whiskey and he's like i don't yeah. want to drink your garbage yeah. <laughs> he got offended yeah. <laughs> like uh, how are you gonna get offended you're like the biggest offender of you know yeah. of people like you're gonna get offended because this guy threw you know told you yeah. that your your booze is crap <laughs> oh that was fantastic i can't believe he did that and 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 and, and i guess in ireland and, and england in these places they they do that. They will, they'll give in fights in pubs mm-hmm. and then they just brush it off and go back to their, to the day. Like nothing happened. Nobody gets sued. None <laughs> of that shit. But, but you're right. Like these guys got money now. They can't yeah. just go ahead and haul off some at, at someone in some bar. I think uh-huh. Bisbing went through the kind of the same thing, you know, like they Bisbing couldn't get into little spats at the pub anymore. Now we interrupt the podcast to let you know that if you're building a website and you need a hosting service, Bluehost is definitely the way to go. 
if especially if you're building it in uh, WordPress, for example. It's the hosting service I use for my website, the Flow Real Podcast, and they're super dependable, never had a problem, easy to use. I highly recommend them. Make sure you use the referral link in the description so that Bluehost knows I sent you. Also, the music you're listening to here comes from Epidemic Sound. Now, Epidemic Sound is a great service which allows you to get licenses to music with a very affordable monthly plan. It's great. And you can get a 30-day free trial if you act now. With over 35,000 tracks and 90,000 sound effects, you will find all that you will need for your projects. When you head over to Epidemic Sound, make sure you use my referral link in the description so they know that I sent you. Now, I just recently started using Monday. Um, Monday.com has what they call an work operating system, a work OS. What it is is a work management software. It's more than just a to-do list. It allows you to work with teams. You can put timelines on things. It organizes your projects in a very easy to read dashboard and it's super customizable. I love it. Just started using it. Uh, I'm sharing it with my teams now. It's a great tool for you to use for your work, especially nowadays when we're working from home and we're a little more disconnected. We don't have the people in front of us to ask questions about where is this project? How are you doing on this? What's the timeline, etc., etc. So with Monday, it makes it very easy for you to kind of keep an eye on things. I love it. I love it. It's an amazing piece of software. I highly recommend it. And when you make your way over to monday.com, make sure you use my referral link in the description. What do you think about the upcoming fight night? I believe it's fight night 198 on November 20th with Vieira versus Misha Tate. You know, it kind of sucks because of the last two, you know, the fight night from just this past weekend and then the card, you know, the, the Usman Cummington card to come down to these next coming fight nights because I they're not as star-loaded. Yeah. Um, the headliner for this fight, you know, is Tate and Vieira, and neither one of them, I would say, has title aspirations or <laughs> has a title shot in their near future. I guess you're right because Misha Tate is, I think, ranked number 10, and I think uh, Vieira might be 11 or or nine or something like they're close. They're close in the ranks. So I guess you're right. But I mean, I like Misha Tate. I want to see cupcake, you know, (laughs) kick some ass, you know, you know, I I like her too. Uh, She says that having a baby was the best thing she's done for her physical shape and strength. Uh, We'll see if that plays out. Um, She's been around for a long time. She has losses, you know, against the champion. So I, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard for me to get too excited about the fight. I, 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 I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, it's probably not going to be as exciting a fight as the last two cards, but I do like watching Tate fight. Uh, I think she's, I, and I'm interested to see where she's at in terms of like, like, can she come back? Is she mm-hmm. really a contender? You know, um, can she climb the ranks again and get to the top? Because yeah. I mean, you know, she's she's actually a pretty likable person. Is is yeah. you know when she was the adversary to Ronda Rousey, mm-hmm. 
Ronda Rousey made her look like she was the heel, but really Ronda Rousey was yeah. the villain in that story. But mm-hmm. regardless of any of that, like, you know, I like seeing Misha. I like seeing her fight. I like seeing her train. I don't know if she's got what it takes to make it, you know, make it up the ranks. I, I think you're right. I don't think she'll, she'll ever be number one or even a champ again. So it's interesting to see her back, but I think she can still put on a good fight. This Ketlin Vieira is kind of dangerous, but I don't think it's not something that Misha can, can handle because from what I was, I did a little research on Vieira. Vieira looks, uh, she looks strong. She's young and she's got power, but uh, I don't think she's very, I, she doesn't seem to display any very, like any good boxing mm-hmm. from what I've seen. So um, I don't know what her jujitsu is like. Maybe she has, a, you know, a chance there, but Misha Tate has been in the game for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think Misha has it. I think Misha will win this fight. And I think it'll be, you know, a good fight to watch. Yeah. Do you you think, um, what do you think will be more likely? That Misha does work her way all all the way back to the top? Or she becomes more of a gatekeeper in these, the later stages of her career now? Where she'll be facing these young up-and-coming fighters to see which one of those young and and up-and-coming fighters has what it takes to challenge for the title kind of a thing. Kind of like what you saw with Cerrone towards the end. Yeah. I don't think she'll be like Cerrone. I don't think she'll be a gatekeeper. Um, And and that's, and and I'm not trying to, to say that she's not talented. I just don't think, I think it, she may, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she's got enough experience where she could climb the ladder and and do it just on the experience. Cause I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. who was it not too long ago? Just won the championship. Uh, Global, Global Teixeira. Yeah, man. That dude's in his 40s. I'm so freaking happy for him. Me too, dude. I was like, what? Like, wow. I didn't, like let's just put it this way. Like, like I didn't want to see that fight because I didn't want to see Glover get beat up. Dude, I right? thought he was going to get knocked the fuck out. <laughs> That's what I, and I, I was not looking forward to that. Yeah. And I'm like, why is Glover fighting this? I'm like, let this – like, dude, you should just – like, in my head, I'm thinking – you should just re- retire, you know? Fuck, man. That, man, was I wrong. That dude. So, yeah. but like, I don't know. Maybe me, maybe Misha could do something like that. But I don't, like, realistically speaking, I don't think she, she can do that. I don't think she can climb the ranks. Um, yeah. It, it's uh, because she's she's not one of these, like, uh, jujitsu phenoms or, mm-hmm. you know, boxing, you know, amazing boxing people yeah. or She's not one of these. She doesn't have one of these uh, yeah, amazing elite skills, skills, elite skill sets. She's a well-rounded fighter. She's always been yeah. a well-rounded fighter. And I don't know if that's enough for her to climb the ladder to, to, to kind of uh, become a gatekeeper. I think she's mm-hmm. going to fight a few times. Uh, and then there's gonna she's going to face somebody that's really going to put it to her like, like the lioness did, you know. And then she's going to, you know, she's going to stop. And, and I, there's nothing wrong with that because I think she does better as a commentator or analyst or whatever she does for the UFC now. You know, mm-hmm. she's she's just as good as behind the camera as she is, you know, in front of it, you know, fighting. So, like, I think I think she's I think she's better off, like I said, being being a commentator or whatnot for the UFC. Um, that's my opinion. 
I think you're right, though. I think maybe I was a little too quick to discount her chances because, I mean, it is a shallow division. Uh, Nunez has pretty much cleared out the division. Yeah. Or, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, Nunez has cleared out the division. Nunes. And you should say still has name recognition. So if she can string together maybe a couple wins, so win this fight night, maybe one more after that, um, she could be right there again. So you're right. I mean, she'll win a couple fights, but then she'll get some – She's she can't fight she can't fight Nunes again. No, like she said that when she got hit by Nunes, it was the hardest she's ever been hit. Mm-hmm. So like, and I don't know, man. I don't want her to get hit like that. <laughs> you know, I like but Misha. She's a mom. <laughs> she's a mom. She's somebody's mom. You know, like you don't want her getting hit like that. Um, but I I don't think I I don't think Ketlin, uh Vieira is a threat really it's funny because the, the the odds are funny on this on this card like caitlin Vieira is uh negative 115 and mm-hmm. misha tate is a negative 105 so they're pretty much they're pretty even, they're pretty yeah. even. i i don't think Vieira will win but that's just my opinion I, I don't think i don't think she has enough striking talent i think misha does um and that's what i think but the um Along with uh, the other fighters on the card, there's Michael Chiesa versus Sean Brady. We have yeah. Ronnie Yaya versus Kyung Hokang. And we have Joanne Calderwood versus Tila Santos. And then we have Davy Grant versus Adrian Yanez. Um, the only other names I, I recognize, because, um, again, like you were saying, there's not a lot of star power on this card. The the other names that I, I recognize are Michael Chiesa, Ronnie Yaya, and you know Joanne Calderwood. Yeah, all these other people I don't really know who they are. I haven't looked at the odds and I haven't researched the other people on this card, but I wonder if they're just kind of like you know, are these people are are they getting fed to the wolves here? Are we getting some young upstarts here to kind of like? You know, make a name for themselves by beating some of these older people. You know, some of these older fighters. I don't know. Yeah, I think of the rest of the fights, the only one I had a lot of—I don't even say a lot—but I had some interest in watching is the Kiesa fight. Um, but besides that, it's it kind of feels like they threw this card together just to get another fight into these guys' contracts for a lot of these guys, and they are not quite good enough to be on a pay per view. Mm-hmm. But they also don't want to put them on a prelim, so they're on this fight night. So that's an interesting perspective. I didn't even think about that. Cause yeah, yeah like because Joanne Calderwood, I know who she is. I think she's a great fighter. I like seeing her fight. You know, <laughs> I like Ronnie Yaya too. So, but yeah, but like you can't put these guys on a main on, on a big UFC fight card, so you put them on this card. Yeah, that's exactly. actually that's really smart. I didn't even think about that. You don't want to put them on a prelim card because then nobody will see them and their names. Exactly. They got names. They'll draw something. Yeah, exactly. And the UFC. So when they signed this contract with ESPN, um, they have a minimum amount of fights they have to put on every year. So that's why you're seeing this crazy crunch at the very end of this year. Um, just to reach that limit. Uh. Um, yeah. Which I mean, is good for the viewer, but it leads to fight night cards like this one where they are trying to just kind of hit a number of fights 
Yeah. Even though these are probably not the most interesting matchups that you would have thought of. Yeah. Huh. I'm wondering if I should put money on Misha Tate. <laughs> It'll make it more exciting. Yeah, but it's not a lot of money that you can make. No. A negative 105. Mm. I have to look at the rest of the odds here. And I got to I got to I got to do some research like like I wonder cuz I don't know. I don't know how Joanne Calderwood would do against Tila Santos. Like I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about Tila Santos. It'll be interesting. To, are you going to try and get like a FanDuel sponsorship? Dude, Draft that would, like DraftKings and stuff like that. That shit would be awesome, yeah. dude. Very yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, before you could do stuff like that, you need you need the big following, yeah. so you know for it to be effective. So, um, I gotta build the, gotta I gotta build the base. I gotta build the the followers. Well, but, um, I mean, I gotta say, so like, I gotta listen to a bunch of other sport podcasts. Uh huh. And all of those are pretty much sponsored by one of these betting sites. Um, and all those hosts will give predictions and yeah. they're like, they're dog shit at it. Like <laughs> they are wrong. I would say it's not even a majority. I'd say it's a vast majority of their picks are wrong, uh-huh. but they just have to hit a couple of those big ones and they can kind of, you know, make their name on that. So if I were you, you could just start throwing out crazy ass predictions the ones you're wrong about, no one remembers. Yeah. But you could be like the only guy that predicted me should say knockout, second round, you know, that kind well, of thing. Well, dude. Okay, so check this out. Like, I don't know, four or five years ago, Misha Tate fought against... Uh, Holly Holmes? Holly Holmes. Yeah. She fought Holly Holmes. Preacher's daughter? Preacher's daughter. And she got the rear naked choke. Yeah, right? that was not expected. She was the underdog going into that one. She was the underdog on that fight. Yeah, that was the same fucking night that Nate Diaz beat McGregor. Yeah, and got on the mic and said, "I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised." Yeah. Mother, mother, was motherfuckers, it motherfuckers. Yeah. That that fucking night, I made fifteen hundred dollars. Holy crap! Because I had I had. I put like, I don't know, something stupid, like a hundred bucks or something on yeah. a parlay okay. for those two fights. That's pretty nuts, dude. Because I was like, Misha Tate? I don't know. That's like, yeah. I don't know if that's going to, because Misha knows how to wrestle. Yeah. Like, you know, I like the preacher's daughter, but she's really a boxer. Yeah. You're like, in my head, I'm like, I don't think this fight's going to go well for, you know, for Holly Holm. And so I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on Misha. And then I was looking at the McGregor fight, and I'm like, McGregor, he does the whole fucking first round knockouts. Mm-hmm. Like he's very explosive. Yeah. But what happens, like in my head, I still didn't know what would happen. Like, what happens when you put him against this knucklehead who doesn't get knocked out and has a gas tank, yeah. you know, that you can't you can't outlast. Nato fight 10 rounds if you want. Yeah. You know, yeah. so long as his face doesn't get cut up, they'll fight forever. <laughs> you know, because he's got, you know, Nate, Nate has a lot of scar tissue. Yeah. So I was like. He bleeds, man. Yeah. So, like, you touch him, you'll start bleeding. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking, like, this is, this is a weird fucking fight. Why are the odds? I remember the odds were, like, fucking crazy, dude. It was, like, plus, I don't know, 
450 or something for for both of them and i'm like this is fucking bananas this doesn't make any fucking sense right because because holly holly was coming off that knockout of ronda rousey exactly and ronda rousey before that uh rousey fight holly was just kind of a middling fighter you know she wasn't some superstar or anything yeah yeah but you see the math the mma math is you know uh, Ronda Rousey loses to Holly Holm. Ronda Rousey beat Misha Tate. Misha Tate loses to yeah. Ronda. I mean, loses to Holly Holm. But it didn't she work out Misha that Tate way. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. She you broke can't her do arm. MMA no, you can't. Yeah. That, that doesn't work. You know, it's just like no. wait a minute. But 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 you see, the reason it didn't work between Ronda and Holly is because Ronda is a grappler, but with the arms. Misha is a grappler, but with the legs. Mm-hmm. You know. Like it doesn't, you know, like you can't punch if she's going for your leg. So in my head, I was just like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Why are the odds like this? In my head, I was like, this is, this, this is seems, this seems like a mistake. Like I remember looking at the odds. I'm like, someone fucked up here. But somebody doesn't know how this works here. And I was like, fuck it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst I could do is I lose a hundred bucks. Boom. I got like $1,500, dude. It was like more like, 13 something but i was yeah. like holy shit i was like like i remember sitting there i was like when misha won and she choked her out i was like oh, that's the first part of the far lane that fucking she won you know so i was sitting there i was like she fucking won and so i was like i was like i was like sitting there and i was at my cousin's house and i was sitting there and my legs were like bouncing up and down and i was like sweating and i was getting all nervous i'm like there's no way this is gonna happen there's no like the, the, you know because i remember doing the math and I'm like, it's gonna be like over a thousand dollars that I'm gonna win. And then the the whole thing happens where Nate chokes out fucking McGregor, and I have all this fucking money. I was like, I got up and started screaming my head off. I was like, I never, I never won that much before, you know. <laughs> it was a crazy freaking night. So did you take the money and keep it, or did you then try to double it in other bets? I doubled it actually. <laughs> so I forgot what the next bet was. But I got, I ended up getting like three grand. Wow. Yeah. And that was the last time I bet, you know, but I can't remember what the next bet was. Because mm-hmm. the next bet, that's where I made the three grand. Like I doubled it. And I was like, holy shit. So like, I don't know. Like, but I don't, I won't put money on anything that I don't like have a good feeling about. Mm-hmm. You know, I would put money on Misha, but I don't think Misha, like, but 105 is not worth betting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's the point? Yeah. You have to put a hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's not even worth the time it takes to put the bet in and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get paid, you get paid hourly more doing something else. You know, I mean, unless you feel like putting a hundred grand on the fight. Yeah. But then it, it's still a gamble. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, you, what do you, yeah, like, Tell your wife, uh, all right, babe, um, I'm lukewarm on this fight. But I'm going to put the kid's college fund on it. <laughs> like, I'm not even sure I want to watch it, but, <laughs> but I got to make it worth my while. Yeah, so I'm thinking, yeah, maybe maybe we win some money, you know, or yeah. maybe we, we lose 100000 What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure she would love that. I'm sure she would. So like you're not even you're not even into this card. So what card are you into uh that's coming up? Um I mean if we just 
hop right into 269. That one's got some pretty interesting uh, matchups. Who's on that? So that one's headlined by Dustin Poirier versus oh. Charles Oliveira, which I think Charles Oliveira has easily the best ground game in that entire division. The guy has the best submissions. Um, he's the only guy that Khabib did not fight in that division that people kind of wanted to see how really? that would have gone. Yeah, they never fought. So hmm. you would have had, you know, Khabib's insane wrestling uh, and insane takedowns against someone like Oliveira that would not mind it whatsoever to be down there. Um, and as we saw, like with Khabib against Dustin, Khabib does leave his head out there for a guillotine. And Oliveira has the best freaking guillotine in that entire division. My daughter so badly wants to be on the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, but, but she left. Yeah, she's she's gone. So go ahead. Anyway, I'm sorry. You could have asked her how to gamble her college fund. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure she would love to hear that. <laughs> She would probably bet on Zhang. She would probably want to fight on with with Wiley Zhang. Man, Wiley's so freaking cool. Yeah, she loves. She I, loves. Hope, I hope she rebounds because Wiley should be a star. I mean, she's yeah. not only already huge in China, but she's got a lot of that it factor that I think would translate here in the U.S. I I agree, and she's I just I just love the power on that. On, on her punches and her kicks. She's just a powerful fighter. And I think that seems to be like the, the trait coming from China, that some of these fighters coming from yeah. China are just strong, powerful fighters. They hit you really hard, which is bizarre. But anyway, They're I'm sorry. They're keep getting better. Yeah. Uh, for the longest time, I mean, MMA fighting was illegal in China. So. That's ridiculous yeah. to me. That is ridiculous. Yeah. The home of martial arts, MMA is illegal well i mean it's because it goes against the traditional martial arts as, at least how they see it so they see this as disrespectful but now that they have stars they're they're going to go into it well way lee does a lot to kind of promote and i'm sure some of the other stars do, uh, do too like they do a lot to promote uh kind of like the union between the, yeah. the traditional martial arts and what is being used in the ufc so like uh I don't know how much of it is smokescreen or actual truth, but they, they, they have a grappling style in China and that she says that she uses in, in the UFC. Gotcha. So, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff, which I, I'm like, really? I never heard of this. Yeah. You know, I've been, in, you know, I've been practicing martial arts a long time. I've never heard of, of a grappling Kung Fu style. You yeah. know, what, what is this? You know, <laughs> But yeah, whatever I, it takes. <laughs> yes, exactly. But anyway, you were saying uh, Oliveira? Yeah, Oliveira versus uh, uh, Dustin Poirier. Mm -hmm. So there's that excitement of, you know, because all the rest of the guys that are at the top of that division, we saw get dominated by Khabib. So even if they win the championship, you still have that thought in the back of your head, like, well, but they would have lost to Khabib. Mm -hmm. While Oliveira presents a different option where you don't know how he would have done against Khabib. And now he's fighting Dustin Poirier, who is one of the fighters Khabib respected the most. Um, and Dustin's fight style is very different than Oliveira's. So it's always exciting to see like two very different 
fight styles go up against each other. Mm-hmm. So you have like the expert striking of Dustin Poirier going up against Oliveira, who's beyond elite when it comes to his ground game. I mean, Chandler nearly knocked him out in that first round in their fight. And I think Dustin's striking is much, much better than Chandler's. Uh, it's more controlled. Uh, he's got a much better jab and he has a pressure style of fighting mm-hmm. that I don't know how well Oliveira is going to do against. But then again, if he manages to get Dustin on the ground, then it could end at any moment. That's how dangerous this guy's submissions are. If I had to make a prediction, I could see Dustin winning by knockout somewhere late third, fourth round, actually. Yeah. It's kind of where I see it going. I think the pressure is going to end up being too much for Oliveira. But yeah. I think Dustin winning is what the people want. And I think it's also what the UFC is going to want. Because that, I mean, Oliver is not a super exciting guy. He doesn't really talk trash. He doesn't speak English. Um, so it's hard for him to push him in the American market. While you have Dustin, who has managed to fight, you know, Khabib. And he fought Conor McGregor twice now. So he has that name recognition. Mm. And if Dustin wins, <laughs> I mean, you can set up that third fight or fourth fight with McGregor. Um, which the UFC seems very keen on. Why? Why? That's the question everyone's asking is like, who exactly wants this? But they sell a ton of pay-per-views. No, come on. Seriously? Like the UFC is is actually trying to push a a Dustin versus McGregor fight. You think that'll be They already said it. No. Yeah. Yeah, he already said it, man. What is wrong with that guy? Yeah, dude. Uh, he just sees dollar signs. Fuck that guy. I'll probably buy it anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. You're gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it, but fuck that guy. Like, I, <laughs> you know, it's just no, man. Like, just get somebody else. Like, I, I, yeah. I mean, we already said our piece about McGregor. I think he's done. But like, uh, give give Dustin a real fight. You know, yeah. Who would that be? Who would you want to see? <sighs> Who's in the division? Who are we talking about here now? So the most obvious match would probably be Gaethje because he just had that definitive, not definitive, but he had that insane fight against Chandler. Um, the other guys, when you're trying to come up with someone new, would be Islam. And Islam is Khabib's protege. Khabib corners him. Islam grew up training with Khabib and his father. Islam fights the closest style to what Khabib used to employ, but he has actually better striking than Khabib did. Hmm. Um, Everyone seems scared to fight Islam. Like, I don't think Dustin will be excited about that matchup, but I think it'll come down to either a rematch versus Gaethje because they fought before or this matchup against Islam. I would, I would like the, like the fighter in me wants to see the Islam fight. That's what I would hope for, actually. That's yeah. what I want to see too. But I mean, I mean, if you want, if you want dollar signs and you want, you want yeah. fireworks, you're probably gonna go with a Gaethje route. Like that I don't. First see- fight was also full of fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, there's, there's no way that I think you see that that's unfortunate because, uh, I, you would need a rivalry of some sort. You, we, we would need a Islam to start talking shit or somebody start poking the the lion over there because i mean the problem is too is like you get these guys pissed off yeah and they go bananas man i mean we we all have seen the meme of the eagle actually doing the eagle (laughs) off the cage 
yeah, like man. attacking people, you know, like that whole fight went crazy. And then McGregor was like, Hey man, it was just shit talking, yeah. you know? And he was like, fuck you. You talked about my family, you know? I mean, McGregor hasn't stopped talking shit. So <laughs> yeah. a good way to get your name out in the, on the headlines, you know? <sighs> yeah, I know. I know. It, it just, but then you get fights you don't deserve. It's not that McGregor doesn't deserve the money he has. He has it. He deserves it. I just think that maybe uh, it's time for him to hang it up. Let's let's watch let's watch Dustin fight somebody else. Yeah. Let's let's yeah let's give Islam a a chance yeah, at the. That all makes sense, but Man. you're gonna get McGregor. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna get McGregor. You're gonna pay eighty whatever dollars for it. You're gonna hate it the whole time. Yeah. But hey, but you, you know, I get you, the people talking. But you're still gonna give, yeah. You're still gonna give Dana your money. Yeah. 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 Um, I think, I think it'll probably be Gaethje if Dustin wins. They might probably make Islam have one more fight. They'll probably, honestly, I think they'll probably make Islam fight the loser of this fight, and then he'll get the next shot after that. You think so? Yeah, that's kind of what I think will happen. But I don't know because I mean, Islam is he's won his last nine in a row. And he has the backing of Khabib and he has the backing of Ali, the manager. And Dana wants to have a star in Russia. So, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of up in the air, I guess, depending on who wins this fight. Hmm. I guess I guess it all depends on the motivation there. See, you see, this is, you know, this is funny because like there was a time where I would think like the UFC doesn't give a fuck about this kind of stuff. Yeah, they just put fights together, and whoever yeah. is the best is gonna fight the best, and nobody cares about whether you're undefeated or any of that stuff, because that's a problem in boxing, right? Like, yeah, man, you, you got to be hated most about boxing. Yeah, there's this whole undefeated thing, and the moment you are defeated, you become worthless almost, you know. Yeah, and it was one of the most refreshing things about MMA, and now we got this weird little game. Where we have one man picking whatever he feels like most the rankings money. don't matter. Yeah, the, yeah, a guy could be coming off a loss and he'll still get a title shot. Uh, yeah. You could have a champion like in the heavyweight division where Ngano barely won a few months ago, yet we already have an interim champion because Ngano wanted better pay. Like it, and it sucks. I think it'll, it'll detract from the sport if that continues. Yeah. Um, or. Or or not, which was the well, worst case scenario. Like people will just continue to buy pay per views because I mean that's the problem, right? People will still continue to buy this stuff, and uh, I, I want to see the fights. I, I want to see these fights, but you know, you know what? There are other organizations, right? We have PFL, we have one. You know, like these organizations, Bellator. We have Bellator. They're they're putting on good fights. Yeah, you know, I one mean, has been doing some really interesting stuff with like the oh, yeah. Muay Thai, mm -hmm. with the with the MMA gloves. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. Like some of those, like I've seen, like I haven't actually sat down and had like like watched the whole one event, but I've seen plenty of the fights on social media. Some of these yeah. fights look amazing. Yeah, you know, it's just. I mean, we say all that, and the UFC released earnings report not too long ago, and this was their most profitable quarter in the history of the organization. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, what, what is the reasoning for that? Do you know? 
So the ESPN deal was huge for them. And oddly enough, it was huge for ESPN. So ESPN had their uh, streaming network that they set up called ESPN Plus. Yes, that I, I subscribe to. Then I love. Yeah, they got, they're getting your, I mean, it was $6 a month. What is it now? It went up. I don't remember what it is now. Yeah, I have the um, whole Disney bundle. Yeah, see, there you go. And before they got they got UFC on there, all it was was replays of like ESPN documentaries, weird highlight things, some European soccer, and that was about it. And then ESPN Plus was losing money for ESPN. They weren't making money off that until they got UFC on there. Then the pandemic hit, and the UFC was actually the only one of all the major sports that did not lose any of their viewership or ratings and in fact went up yeah so now it's in espn's best interest to continue to only push ufc when they're showing mma highlights Mm -hmm. and for the ufc to continue to do what they have been doing yeah which is this crazy matchmaking they're doing and pushing big names instead of having actual rankings fighters fighting top ranked fighters that makes sense um yeah i mean those fights still happen Right. Yeah, I mean, still happen. but, but, but when it comes to like the pay-per-views, you have the freak shows sometime. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of shit that kind of pushed me away from Bellator, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. Because Bellator had the freak show stuff for yeah. Bellator and, and fuck, they still have some of the freak show stuff. Cause like who, who fought not too long ago? I think it was uh Tito Ortiz fought somebody and I was just like, yeah. what the fuck is Tito doing fighting? Right? Yeah, they'll get these guys that are like in their late forties, you know. They still got Fedor. Fedor's still fighting. Oh my goodness. But yeah. I mean, and Fedor is like winning and losing here and there. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like yeah. what is he eating? What are they feeding him? Like why is so he I such I think he's currently the champion. I think he won the heavyweight tournament champion thing they had going. That's fucking nuts. That's yeah, man. yeah. I love that he's like like this pudgy dad bod dude you yeah. know because like it gives me hope so like oh you know i have a dad bod possibly i could be dangerous you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. but yeah so like i don't know but uh i don't know maybe maybe i should start watching pfl or something you know? <laughs> really stick it to the man yeah i'm like i'm mad at ufc man you know making yeah. the fights i want to see dude, I watch the pfl we complain <laughs> about it but this is the most successful they've ever been. If you look at like the rankings for the highest selling pay-per-views of all time, mm-hmm. McGregor is eight of those top 10 and he's all five of the top five. Yeah. So that, what's the incentive not to do it? Ah, fuck. Right. Yeah. Okay. So like speaking as a nerd and a web developer, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that makes decisions in terms of what should go on a web page is analytics you know if the numbers say certain things work better in certain ways we have these things we call a b testing so like we have this we have one web page that does two things right so like you get you get a and then if i go to the same web page i get b and yeah. depending on who reacts to what is what ends up being the real web page right in mm-hmm. the long run like that influences the strategy you know, they have their analytics. They yeah. The top five fights is Conor McGregor. How the fuck are you not going to give the people what they want? Yeah. yeah. Fuck. But, I mean, the, the problem is, is that I, I think there needs to be a human aspect to figuring out what needs to be next. 
because there's a cringy factor to knowing that there's a man who's not 100% fighting, right? Like he's got a metal rod. He just had it inserted in him. There's no way he's 100%. Please don't. He has one win in nearly four years now. In the last four years, he's got one freaking win, and it was against Donald Cerrone. So that was an amazing win. (laughs) Yeah, with the shoulder strikes. Yeah. It was yeah. bizarre and crazy and <laughs> weird and amazing. Um, so how do you not, how do you not cheer for the man? Right? Like, I guess some people will see it like, oh, this is his opportunity to come back. Right? They're gonna have a come. He's gonna have this comeback story. He's gonna come back to greatness. I don't think it's gonna be that. I think it's yeah. gonna. It's, I think I it's think gonna lose. I think he's I gonna think lose. You put him in there. You put him in there against Dustin Poirier, and he's gonna get knocked out. Yeah. Yeah, and and maybe that's the lesson he needs to learn. That maybe I think if you don't want to give Connor that title shot, there's still other exciting fights for him if he wants. If he needs to fight that bad, him against Chandler would be a crazy banger of a fight. Mm-hmm. Him against Nate Diaz again would also be a crazy banger that he would win. I don't see. I really don't see Connor losing that fight. Bullshit! Bullshit! <laughs> Bullshit! Dude. I, the only reason that Nate would lose a fight against Connor is if because of all the scar tissue, they would yeah. stop the fight because he'll start bleeding. But the man is not hurt. Man. Yeah, I don't um, know, dude. I mean, I think Nate has finally gone past his prime. I agree. I mean, we'll look at what happened to Nick. Right, Nick just recently yeah. lost. That was weird. that was depressing. That was depressing. It started off good, and then it just kind of. I was just like, ah, oh, man. It was bad, dude. And the the interviews leading up to it was depressing. The whole thing was not fun. I did not see the the interviews going up to it. What were they? What, what were they like? I don't know. It. He made it very well known. He does not enjoy fighting. He kept saying stuff like, "I don't know why the fuck they're making me do this. I don't know why you got me here." Uh, <laughs> it became increasingly harder to understand what he's saying. Like, um, you know, there's some how much damage has this guy taken kind of stuff going on when you hear him speak. So then watching him go in there, clearly not prepared um, and then losing. It just, both, I don't know. Both those cats are like, they got a lot of, they got, they've been in the ring a long time. They need, yeah. it's, it's time to hang them up. Well, you know who else speak going back to what we talked about, you know, Max Holloway has every record for featherweight. He has every striking record for the UFC, including most strikes taken. He has received more head strikes than any other fighter, and by a lot. It's not even close. And even though he's only 29, he's been fighting for so long that it's more like he's in his 30s kind of thing. He looks like he's in his 30s, too. Yeah. Like, look, at that, <laughs> look at that face. I mean, mm-hmm. I... I've heard that guy speak like, well, I mean, you hear him speaking in the interviews and stuff and, and the post-fight interviews. Um, yeah. That guy is not in good shape either. No, man. He had uh, God, what fight was it? He had to pull out of a fight a couple of years ago because in the lead up to the fight, his camp was scared. He was having a stroke. So the things he was saying weren't making any sense anymore. And his camp is the one that threw in the towel and canceled the fight for him. Um, it's, he doesn't spar anymore. After that happened, he has, he stopped sparring. He himself admits that he thinks he's taken a lot of damage. 
So when he trains, it's light training now and absolutely no sparring. Yeah. Well, I mean, like in, in the Thai, you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, in Thailand they, they have a, you oh know, my God. they, 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 they do the whole thing where they, they do yeah. the light touching sparring. Right. Mm -hmm. It's so ingrained in their culture. Right. They have an understanding yeah. that you get to a, you get to a certain point in your ability. You don't have to spar that hard. Even Pacquiao with Freddie Roach, mm -hmm. when it comes to their training, he doesn't do any heavy sparring till like two weeks out yeah. of the fight or something like that. Like he doesn't, he doesn't do any sparring at all during training camp until up close to the fight. But for the most part, it's just him and Freddie holding pads. Yeah, pad work. Yeah. Yeah. Which is it, kind of what Holloway's doing now. Yeah. And so like some of like I don't get me wrong, you're not gonna learn how to fight like that. You yeah. can't you can't you're gonna have to take punches. You're gonna have to learn how to take punches, how to roll with punches, how to how how you're gonna react when you get hit, stuff like that. There's just stuff in fighting that you can't learn any other way. But there is a point where you reach a certain level and that is not necessary anymore. Mm -hmm. And where you can do the majority of the work outside the ring with pad work and maybe do something like what Freddie Roach and, and Pacquiao do where they, they do some sparring before the fight just to tune reflexes, but not because they need the sparring, you know? Yeah. Some, I, I think, especially for fighters uh, who have these, who, who want to have these longer careers, it's something they should look at because look at Yair yeah. in that last fight. He took he took a little bit of damage, man. Well, I mean, and, did you see his foot? Yeah, his foot got all swollen from it all the kicking. It looked like it was broken. Uh, maybe. Well, I don't know. Like, because your foot does get swollen like that. Yeah. You'll you'll catch an elbow or something, and it'll mm -hmm. swell up like that. It, I I don't know if it got broken. I should look it up. Um, yeah, but I don't uh, know either. But yeah. it looked bad. Well. <laughs> The it first like time, yeah. Oh, dude, the first time I ever fought, uh, funny story. So, the first time I ever fought, my like, I was training for this fight, it was my first fight ever. Um, and back then they had this thing where, um, it, it was a kickboxing fight, so you had to get your a certain number of kicks in because one of the things that was happening was they would have boxers come in and just dominate, right? So, oh, you, okay. you had to get so you had to get like at least eight kicks in for the round to count. Otherwise, you can get disqualified. So um, they would count the they would count the the, the kicks. So uh, leading up to the fight, the owner of the gym came up to me and he was like, "Hey, uh, I hear you're fighting." And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I'm getting ready." You know, Oscar, you know, my coach, he's helping me. He's like, "Oh, okay, cool, very cool. Yeah, look, you know, uh, don't make us look bad. You know, make sure you you don't act like a jerk. You know." Uh, always be respectful, bow, shake hands, don't talk shit, all this stuff. Be be the good guy. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, and I've heard some of this already. So I was like, yeah, you know, he's like, make sure you represent us well. I'm like, absolutely. And he's like, and one more thing. Yeah, I've I've talked to your coach and all your corner guys. Uh, you better get all your kicks in that first round. Because if you don't, I've given them instructions for them to leave you alone and and abandon you between the first and second round so that if you don't get your kicks in you're going to have to give yourself water you're going to have to give yourself the stool you have to do all that stuff i'm like get the fuck out of here and he's yeah. like and he's like yeah so um you've been warned and i'm like fuck right 
So, you know, this goes away and this is sitting in my head for like the next couple of weeks leading up to the fight, right? I'm thinking, fuck, I got to get my kicks in. Never <laughs> did I think to bring it up to my coach. It was just always in my head. I need to kick a lot, right? Yeah. So I came out of the corner the night of the fight. I'm still thinking this stuff. I come out of the corner, guns are blazing. All I did was kick. I barely threw any punches. I kicked like, I don't know, 60, 70 kicks at this kid. I just, I just kicked the whole fucking time, right? And then or by the time we got into the second round, the guy couldn't hold his hands up anymore because I kicked the shit out of him. But I was running into everything. I was, I was hitting glove. I was hitting his elbow. I didn't care. But the first thing I did was I, I hit his elbow and it hurt. You know, and I was like, oh, shit. Like it caught me in between the foot and the shin. It hit me right in between. And it just hurt so bad. And I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to numb it. Right. And I just kept kicking. I was just like, I'm going to kick it until it doesn't hurt anymore. So I just kept kicking him until it stopped hurting. And he kept, I kept running into elbows and all kinds of stuff. And it wasn't Muay Thai, it was just kickboxing. So by the time we reached like the middle of the second round, the guy couldn't even hold his arms up anymore. And I just started landing kicks to the head and he was just flopping around, you know, like, cause yeah, I was kicking him hard, but he wasn't going anywhere cause he was wearing headgear. You know, it's an amateur fight, you know, we're young and um, I win the fight, right? So afterwards the guys pull me aside. I was like, damn, you threw a lot of fucking kicks. You like threw like over, you know, like a hundred something kicks there. He's like, yeah, I had to. This is like, why? This is like a fucking, the owner of the school told me that if I don't, you guys are going to leave me alone in the corner. And he's like, no, we're not. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, I was worried that you guys were going to, I was going to give myself water. And I, you know, we yeah. were never going to do that. It was just like, oh, you guys scared the shit out of me. <laughs> but like afterwards, because I kicked this guy so much because I was afraid, mm-hmm. um, I had, a, my foot was this big. I couldn't even put it in my shoe. Dude. Yeah, but it was how swollen. Was it? For how long, though? I was young, dude. It lasted like three days. Yeah. You know? I mean, I was like 18, dude. Like, it fucking... It was here one day, gone the next, you know? Like, the foot was so big, I couldn't put it in my shoe. I had I had part of my... It was winter, too. So, like, I had to walk around Ooh. with my heel. Just my toes went into the shoe, you know? Because it swole up so bad. By the time the night was over... And I was leaving. I couldn't do anything with it. I sat around for three days till I could put my shoe back on, you know? I'm but, sure your mom was very happy when she saw your foot. Oh, well, I mean, you know, they were proud, but then they also thought I was insane, right? So, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, no, that dude's foot is fine. <laughs> I hope so, dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's fought once in the last three years, so it would suck if he has to sit out again. Yeah, no, I, hopefully he just ran into an elbow or something like that. Cause I mean, that happens, but yeah. uh, it's not, it's not uncommon to see something like that, but like it hurts. And it you- happened cause I rewatched that fight. I think it happened sometime in the third round mm-hmm. because by the end of the third round, it was already starting to swell up, but he kept throwing him. He kept throwing those kids. He slowed down. He didn't throw as many, but he kept throwing them. So hopefully yeah. it's just what you're describing. It was just a lot of freaking trauma onto the foot kind of thing yeah well the that's a good point that you bring up because i think that was one of the reasons he didn't win that fight Mm -hmm. uh is because he started with those he was doing the calf kicks he was doing well and he was catching you know uh max Mm -hmm. with those you know because of the calf kicks it was slowing him down but then he laid off of them yeah and maybe that's why maybe he hurt his foot and he couldn't kick anymore 
I don't know. Now I'm now I'm curious. Now I need to know if he broke his foot. <laughs> see Yair. No, hold on. I mean, Holloway. There are those good photos of Holloway and Yair riding in the same ambulance. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah, they, those are such nice guys too, right? They're just like, oh, it was a good battle, yo, you know? It's such a crazy sport, man. <laughs> this is the only sport where you can make someone experience that, and then afterwards you're like dapping it up, giving each other props and hugs, and then leaving together kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bizarre. Because like, even up to the lead-up, you guys are the worst enemies, right? Yeah, yeah. And then afterwards you're like best friends. And then, and then if you're like somebody like Nate Diaz, you know, uh, you get, you get a rematch and you're enemies again, <laughs> you know? So like, how does, how does that work? I don't know. I don't, you know, like, but I mean, I understand some of these guys, they need to fight emotionally. Right. So like, maybe they need that. Any luck finding news on it? Mm, no, but that foot looks pretty, man. It's all purple. <laughs> Dude. Oh, it's, it's, it's all the like, way through the toes too. Yeah. It's like, it's like, like when you, you ever see, uh, who was it? Howie Mandel put that glove on his head and then blow it all up. That's, that's <laughs> what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Ayer Rodriguez foot. See the foot more foot. Nobody tells me what the fuck is wrong with the foot. I mean, if it was broken, I think it would have come out by now. Yeah. I think I would be able to find it right away. We'll see. Speaking of kickboxing, did you see Alex Perea fight? On, no. Uh, at 268. He's one of the prelim fighters. The thing that's exciting about him is he has an argument to make that he's the best kickboxer in the world. Um, he's also the only guy to ever knock out Israel Adesanya. Oh. Yeah. You should watch that fight. <laughs> it was one of those no doubt about it knockouts. Uh, and those two guys do not like each other. So... There's a lot of buzz about him coming in the UFC. Could he be the guy that finally puts, you know, Adesanya on his ass kind of thing? Um, and he lived up to the hype. He got a crazy knockout off a knee. Um, I don't man. You should just look up his highlights. Yeah. He got some of the craziest knockouts you'll see. Yeah, he's just a tall, lanky guy that generates an absurd amount of power in his strikes. Yeah. Is he, what, is he Brazilian? Is he Brazilian? Well, here's the thing about him, though. He's probably the only Brazilian on the entire roster that is really awful at jiu-jitsu. So, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So if you get him on the ground, then he's kind of he's screwed there. So I don't know how he'll manage to navigate his way up that division. But if he gets a shot against Adesanya, that'd be one hell of a fight. So I guess he had a debut on November 6th uh, at 268. Yeah. So, like, he was on the undercard. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'll go check it out. So, yeah, he's, he's, he, he does look tall. He's I lanky. He's probably, I think, like, 6'5". Mm, Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's tall, dude. He's got a crazy reach. Both his arm reach and leg reach. Dude, he's an exciting fighter. That's cool. Dude. Especially with your kickboxing background. It'll be, you know, you'll get to see someone like that. Top of the game. Yeah. Ah, uh, dude. Uh, I'm I'm an old man. I yeah. I can only I can only tell you. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> no, no, dude, you could you could put it on for your you know for your kids and be like you know your dad used to 
I look just like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, my my son knows when I'm bullshitting. He's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, go go ask your mom. That's how that's how I looked when she met me. <laughs> <laughs> then she made me fat so that other women wouldn't want me. <laughs> yeah. Fell into her trap. <laughs> um, some other real quick notes after you check out Alex Perea. Yeah. Other dudes that the UFC wants to push that are actually pretty exciting is Ian Gary, who is also on that 268 card. I'm saying his name right. All right, let's see. Ian uh, Gary? Yeah, wait. Yeah, Ian Gary. Guys, 8 and 0 from Ireland, wants to be the next McGregor. Exciting oh, Jesus. He, he, he wants to be the next um, McGregor. He should try to be his own thing. Yeah, uh, but there's a there's a blueprint right there on how to make a ton of money. Uh, but he's got the size. He's six three. Um, yeah, he fights at one seventy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's only twenty four. So you could see him making some waves. Um, there's Patty uh, Pimblet. Do you know him? I do not. All right, that guy's gonna be fun to check out. So Patty Pimblet. Um, Looks like He-Man. <laughs> you know the He-Man haircut? Yeah. Yeah, that's what he's got going. Why? He, I don't know, dude. He is wonderful at talking shit. Just like chef's kiss type of just non-stop <laughs> shit talking. Doesn't stop, dude. Uh, super exciting fighter. Zero defense. Mm-hmm. Does not care whatsoever about blocking your punches or anything. He's just going for the knockout. He's really good at interviews. Um, there's a bunch of interviews of him just rating his favorite fast food. <laughs> <laughs> In between fights, he blows up, dude. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. He looks like a little elephant. In between his fights. Oh, Jesus. That wake up must be nasty for that guy. I can't imagine how he does it. But he's young. He's still young. So I guess that's how he gets away with it. But, yeah, British guy, looks like He-Man, talks nonstop shit, really <laughs> funny dude. Uh, so that's someone else that probably keep an eye on that the UFC is going to be pushing pretty hard. Looks like He-Man. Man, uh, look him up right now just so you see what he looks like. What? Paddy, P-A-D-D-Y. His nickname is The Baddie. The Baddie. Pimblet. P-I-M-B-L-E-T-T. It's like it's like my iPhone is listening to you and wants me to find this guy. Creepy. Oh Jesus Christ, he does look like fucking He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude, dude, get a haircut, man. It's his signature style. I don't no. think he's getting rid of that. Oh dude, you look ridiculous, dude. That dude Oh, he does blow up. Look at him. Yeah. He gets all chubby. Well, you should see there's a video of him rating his favorite fast food. And he's not just talking about him. He's trying each one as he's rating them. And he goes to town. He talks about, like, I think one of his favorite meals is, like, a Big Mac. And then he also gets a spicy chicken sandwich and puts the chicken in the Big Mac. And he'll eat, like, three of those. That kind of stuff. (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, that's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be young again, you know? Oh, dude. I, fuck, I could, you know, I, I wish I could eat like that. I do eat like that, but I can't get away with it. I can't look like this guy. <laughs> well, have you tried the He-Man haircut? 
Me, me, it's in the hair, right? Yeah, that's where it's at, dude. It, I'm shit out of luck, bro. Because <laughs> I got, I got, I got some, I got some thinning up here, you know. Just, yeah, you know, it's this be a, a good opportunity for me to like maybe get some kind of hair club for men, like that's uh, true sponsorship yeah. or something. Yeah, <laughs> or keeps keeps is the is the, is the new the new thing. Maybe I'll go to keeps and be hey man, look. You know, help me out here. I'll sponsor you. If you guys sponsor me, I'll, I'll give you guys shout outs. Get my hair back. Yeah, be like, I'll do a weekly update, progress picks, <laughs> a tutorial. Yeah. This is how you massage so you get the most out of your keeps <laughs> <laughs> subscription. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, and who else do you, do you recommend? To check out? Yeah. Um... Perea is the one I'm most excited about. I want to see what he does. Um, Ian Gary's, like I said, he's exciting too. Patty Pimlet, I don't really see him doing well against ranked fighters because he literally comes at you with his head completely, you know, on a pedestal, not moving whatsoever, just throwing bombs. That's literally his entire game plan. So, so and how did he make it to the UFC? Is he just like indestructible or? He was the champion, God, what, I think WEC, or maybe it was Cage Warriors. I forgot which of the two he was a champion in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a crazy chin on him. He's got that going for him. But put him in there against, like, someone in the top five that has disciplined striking, and I, I don't see him making it more than, like, two rounds. But That's rough, man. He's a crazy guy. I mean, he's exciting. Uh the other guy the UFC really wants to make a star is Sean O'Malley. Um, I don't know if you've seen him. He's got like the crazy dyed hair. It's always rainbow colored and cornrows. He's got the tats. He's got a really successful podcast himself. Oh, really? I got to check it out. Yeah, Maybe you can get him to be a guest or you can be a guest on his. Oh, that would be great. Uh, he makes a ton of money off his own merch. He's very uh, into weed culture. Kind of like a white Snoop Dogg he's trying to go for. <laughs> yeah. A white Snoop Dogg? But the thing with him, I mean, he's no dummy. He's already told the UFC, like, I don't want to fight the guys at the top of the division until you pay me more. So, and he's going to fight on 269 against someone I think that's ranked 15. I don't remember the name of who he's fighting. And that's the first time he, write, he fights anyone that's even ranked in a while. So, mm. be, I don't know. Let's see what he does. Yeah. Well, he better put it. You know, he better show up then. If he's gonna get on the card, he better put on a good show, and then maybe the UFC will listen. Well, he puts on. He's been on other cards, and he he's always going for the crazy knockout finishes. Uh, he likes to do the no look knockout kind of thing, where you knock someone out and you turn around and walk away, like you don't try to finish it or anything. That's his big thing. He likes to pantomime basketball moves in between his strikes. So he'll pretend he's doing crossovers in between tossing jabs and stuff. Yeah. So he's got all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Except he, he hasn't done it against any big names. So. Well, you know, like, there's only so much of that stuff you can do before you get your ass knocked out. I mean, look at what happened to uh, Michael Venom Page, right? I yeah, mean, dude. Look at what happened to Anderson Silva. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at that. The whole thing with Anderson. Yeah. Don't get me started on that. But. <laughs> anyway, man, we better call that a night. But thanks so much, man. We, we, we got to do this again then. 
Yeah, definitely do. I'm down. Cool. Uh, I'll look at the schedule and see what's up. Yeah, let me know. Uh, good luck with everything else. You got anything you want to plug? <laughs> like you're the like you're the host of the show. Yes. Please uh, check out the Flow Roll podcast. Uh, we are on Instagram, the Flow Roll, and uh, you can check me out, Edgar Otraves, on Instagram, Edgar Otraves. <laughs> there you have it, guys. Check it out. Doing a lot of good work. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks, Lechuga. Yeah. All right, man. We'll catch Until you later. Later. Later, Edgar. The music you're listening to is titled Gankur Punsam, and it's by AO. You can find that over at Epidemic Sound. And if you find yourself over there, make sure you use our referral link in the description so that they know that we sent you. I love talking about fights. I love jujitsu, man. I am the kung fu panda of all this stuff, man. You know how kung fu panda loves kung fu? I just, I love everything that deals with kicking, punching, or strangling someone. I love it. I'm not very good at it, unlike Kung Fu Panda, but, you know, I like it. Anyway, if you like what you heard and you want to hear more, make sure you head on over to our website, theflowworldpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can buy some merchandise, like a coffee mug or some wall arts and more. Don't you forget to follow me, Edgar Otraves, on Instagram under the name Edgar Otraves. Follow the show under the name The Flow Row. Hey, you know, the Lechuga doesn't have an Instagram or anything, but show him some love on the Flow Row uh, Instagram. Maybe you guys can kind of coerce him to start a social account of some sort. Anyway, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcast at. And make sure you press all the buttons that make the podcast gods happy. Thank you so much for listening. This is Ego Traves. We will catch you next time. You behave yourselves. Laters. Laters.